I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. Are you in a relationship? Are you in a relationship... Do you want to be in one? Hey, how you doing? No, just joking. Look, I was asked by a journalist a heap of questions about managing money in a relationship. Now, I've had a unique view over the years of working with hundreds and hundreds of people in relationships of all shapes and sizes, ages. I've seen some wild stuff. So I'm answering this not how... I manage my own money because in terms of my own money, I'm a single entity, right? But I'm answering it just from what I've seen looking in and looking under the hood of different relationships and money. I've had stories of husbands come in by themselves and saying, my wife has gambled $400,000 and I didn't know it. And I'm like, have you been asleep at the wheel? What the heck? So there's this element of If we're in a relationship, we're still a functioning adult. And I think you have to have some type of level of buy-in, even if your partner does, quote-unquote, manage the money. And then I've had other stories of a woman walking in and saying, oh, my husband doesn't know that I have $100,000 in this account over here. I've had stories of while one partner has gone to the bathroom, the other one said, oh, I've got a $16,000 credit card. What should I do with it? I'm like, tell your partner maybe. I don't know. So, I've heard it all, I've seen it all, and I'm just going to answer these questions from what I've seen and put the challenge out to you just to see if you can one-up your relationship when it comes to communication and money, right? Because communication is often the problem, but also often the solution. I'm Glenn James, you're listening to My Millennial Money. Alrighty then, let's have a look here, shall we? As you're getting to know a potential partner, what are some ways you can gauge how they are with money without being too abrupt about it? Well, like any topic in any new relationship, I believe it's about looking at actions. So when it comes to money, are they overcautious? Are they always looking for a coupon online or just wanting to go to the on sale thing at Coles where it's like a dollar because it's going out of date tomorrow, all that stuff. Or the other end of it, are they extravagant? Are they always in credit and seem to be having more money than someone with that career would usually have? So I really think just looking at the observations, that's what you can do. Just suss it out. This is just like, it's not gospel. It's not um, categorically yes or no. It's just an observation that you're actively observing when it comes to money, right? Now, I think one of the best observations to look out for is if they have a generous spirit, because 
I don't know, guys. There's just nothing worse than a tight ass as far as I'm concerned. Now, the difference between frugal and tight is very, very wide. You can be frugal and still be generous. You can be a tight ass and it's hard to be (laughs) generous, right? Because you're a bloody tight ass. And then just to the left of that, it's cheap. So, you really don't want someone who's cheap, I don't think. But hey, if the shoe fits, wear it as they say. So, these actions and observations, they might not give you a rock solid evaluation, but it will be good insight. You can always just throw the whole bone like, oh, do you listen to any podcast or read any books that are of interest? And you could kind of just throw in that, oh, I listen to a money podcast, My Millennial Money, and it's really encouraging for me. And it's really weird that, you know, uh, listening about money, it's not boring, it's not dry, blah, blah, blah. That could be a soft way to get onto the topic. Another way to find out about their money habits is to observe if they talk about consumerism and debt. That could be a red flag. Or are they like, I'm saving for my first home. I'm saving for this goal. I'm happening to life. Life isn't happening to me. I've got a plan, however small, and I'm sticking to it. So just vibe out what they are. And you know what you could do? Like you could, if you are single as a prangle out there at the moment and, you know, you might just write down out of your head, like, I don't think anyone's perfect, but it's like, oh, in a partner, I do want someone who's driven with their goals. And you notice I didn't say money goals because I think, you know, if someone's driven with their goals, if it's a money goal, they're going to be just as driven, right? So I think, you know, you can do all this stuff without being too abrupt about it. You can really make sure that you're just observing. And it's funny, I used to, when I was a financial advisor and we would have new new clients walk into the office and you kind of just... I would say to them, look, I'm just going to ask you a heap of questions and you might go through and say, oh, tell us about your super, tell us about this. And then I would randomly say, oh, do you know what phone plan you're on? And one of them would look at you like, what the heck? I don't know. And the other one in the relationship would be like, oh, we're on the Vodafone $49 a month for two gig of data and unlimited calls. And instantly, I kind of knew that that person was probably more detailed orientated, oriented, if that's the word, whatever. So yeah, you can just have these looks. And I think as any relationship progresses, you're going to start to talk about different stuff. What advice would you give to someone who is the breadwinner in the relationship if their partner isn't very good with money? Well, I first want to say you can't push a rope. Okay, you need to take your partner with you. So don't be solo. I know there's a lot of people who are kind of lone wolves in stuff that they do. And I'm probably of that kind of lone wolf type vibe. But, you know, when I do stuff in my life, you know, I'm only as strong as the people I take with me. Like I can't do all this podcast crap without a rock solid team. And I've learned that. So when it comes to your money and your relationships, if you are earning more money, if you are totally dialed in with your money, you're killing it, take your partner with you. Invite them to lean into conversations about money and lifestyle goals. Make sure the goals are the hero of the conversation, then look at ways to achieve them together. Most spenders actually 
can save money if they're buying into a goal. I know for me, like I've had to change my mindset that because I'm a spender, right? I suck at saving money unless I'm like, yep, I want to save up and buy that or I want to actually be an investor. So yeah, most people uh, that are spenders, we're really good at spending, but if we have to, we can save. Now, I think if you have permission to teach your partner around money concepts, I would say learn with them. And if not, if they're really not into it, I think all you could do would be leading by example. And not everyone will be into this whole personal finance and money thing, but they need to be into the household goals, which usually includes money, right? Like you don't want to partner up with your bloody baby brother or sister or your mum or dad. Like you're not a bloody babysitter. You're not like it's a team, right? Or am I wrong? I don't know. Do stuff together. But when you have goals, we can both achieve these goals if one person isn't earning as much or if one person isn't as dialed in with the money stuff, they can 100% carry a lot of the, um, I don't know, the energy of the goal. They can keep the accountability. They can do, like, I can tell you right now in a relationship, I'm talking like, as authority with a relationship. This is just like what I've seen, guys, all right? Like both people have got strengths and weaknesses. And I think it's just important to acknowledge that when we are talking about money. So what about vice versa? What advice would you give to someone who is earning less, but their breadwinner partner isn't saving all that, they, uh, all that they're making? Well, this is kind of funny, right? This stuff is not about money. So the same advice that we would say to the breadwinner who's good with money and styled in, you know, the same advice applies the other way because habits and behaviours are more important when it comes to money than any amounts, right? So let's, let's just go one step further. If there was, for example... Uh, the breadwinner and they're really making bank and they earn a lot, they spend a lot, no real money habits and the other person might be really dialed in, listens to my millennial money, has bought, sort your money out and get invested, you know, has come to the live events. You know, if that's them, and this is why at our live events, I'll wear a badge that says Glenn and everyone's like, why do you wear a Glenn badge? I'm like, because people drag their freaking partners along who have no idea who I am. So if you are that one, well, it's the same thing. You can't push a rope. You need to sit down and have a discussion and major on the goals. Like as a relationship, if it's a three-week old relationship, well, the goal might be we're going to be hooking up as much as possible and going out for dinner every night. Like, you know, that, that could be the goal. But as things go further, it could be that, okay, well, we've been living together for three years now. I think we should have some goals together because it's not about the money. It's about both of us being on the same page, isn't it? I don't know. 
Uh, I'm just having some fun here, guys. What are some of the ways young couples can establish healthy financial boundaries in a relationship? Ooh, that's wild. Well, I've said it many times before. Clarity is always kind. It's important to discuss what is important to each person and then agree on a system that works for the couple. So, you know, you're a, you're a young couple and if someone asks the other person out, for example, and it's the first date, maybe if you ask that person out, you might want to pay. But we don't want things to be awkward. Maybe you could say, hi, I, not like hi, you like at dinner or whatever. And, oh, can you pass me the the salt and pepper, please? Oh, by the way, I would really like to cover this tonight if that would be all right. If not, I'm happy to to split or whatever makes you comfortable. But certainly I I would love to, to cover this and maybe you can get next time or whatever. And this is the thing. There's no real rules as long as you don't make it freaking awkward. And it could be simple as, we take turns or we just split it 50-50. Or, you know, you might be together for some time. You might do things, you know, if one person earns more than the other, you might split things um, proportionate. So one person contributes 30% to the crap. I mean, it could also be okay to have a dedicated bills account that both of you contribute to proportionately. It's also okay if you're in a married or long-term relationship and as, you know, the old wedding vows say, I give to you all of my earthly possessions. Like it's also okay in this day and age to just throw it all in and what's yours is mine. I mean, I give you my bodily fluids so we can share money. But I think it's also important that, you know, we do we do have, um, you know, if we've got emergency funds, we might say, well, we need a, a $20,000 emergency fund we're just going to have $10,000 each or whatever it is in our own emergency funds, in our own names. So then that kind of covers, you know, the escape fund stuff. But really, like you're really only doing this stuff to your own comfort level. Um, but anyway, we're talking about young couples here. So another way to have good boundaries, you know, is to have a system in place for purchases. For example, if there's an item that it's over X amount, it's, it might be agreed that it's to be discussed with your partner as a sense check um, once you both agree on your financial goals, that is, to discuss if, you know, this bigger purchase over X amount, and we'll just say over $200, $300, whatever that is. So, oh, there's this thing that I want to buy for $300. It's over the threshold that we've agreed on, okay? And then we can just, you know, when we bring it to the, other partner and say, hey, this thing's come up. It's $300. Your partner might be able to say, or you might be able to say to your partner, well, will this take us further to our goal or further from our goal? Because we agreed three weeks ago that we really want to save for a house. We really want to save for a wedding. We really want to save to go overseas. And the thing is, like, the reality is, most of us with our incomes, we can't have everything at once. And the unfortunate thing about that is we actually live in reality. 
So this is why I think it's just important to have clear clarity in your relationships. I would probably also say you might want to set a dedicated time each month to discuss money and your goals over dinner or whatever. And what this does, it keeps the communication channels open, right? I'm going to take a quick break, then I'm going to come back and talk about approaching awkward conversations. So let's just pay the light bills now and I'll be back right in a minute. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. All right, we're back. Now, if someone wants to talk to their, you know, non-money savvy partner about their spending or money habits, what are some good ways to approach the conversation? Well, I think it's important and I'm getting absolutely mauled by a mosquito as I record this, which is annoying. But I honestly think if you've already talked openly about money and you've agreed on monthly check-ins, this will make the whole conversation a lot easier and a lot easier to bring up. And it could be that like perhaps one thing that you can agree on is that you're free to make any observations at this check-in in in a non-judgmental way. Because like any touchy subject, it's important not to react on the spot. I mean, if you notice something, it might be as simple as asking, hey, I've noticed you've been spending a lot lately, you know, more than usual. It seems like your spending is frantic and not planned. Is everything okay or am I looking into this too much? Because I think that's kind of a soft way Because then again, if you're on the same page with your goals, you might want to ask again with your partner. It's like, hey, you know, these actions that you're taking, one, it seems that they're different to the goal that we agreed on two months ago. And it looks to me like it's taking us further away from our goal. So do we need to press reset or set some really sick expectations. So I, I think that's that's the key thing for me. Like, 
can we agree for monthly check-ins where we go over budgety stuff and all that stuff? And yeah, I think as well, like I get that some people don't quote unquote manage the money in their household. You know, I get that some people just aren't interested and they're happy for the money to go into the account and blah, blah, blah. Like I get all that. But to be honest, you're an adult after all, and you need to give input into the relationship. Now, I guess you're thinking, oh, that sounds wild, Glenn. You know, you're not in a freaking relationship of 40 years. How can you, how dare you say that? Well, I've seen a lot of couples under the hood of their finances. And this kind of leads to the next question. Like, what if the conversation isn't a success about kind of asking them about, well, why are you spending all the money erratically? I'd probably say this is really important because as many quote unquote money issues in a relationship are not actually money issues. I've had countless meetings with couples where I've actually said to them, hey, you guys need to go away. You need to spend some time working out what you want to do. And when you both agree and you're on the combined front, come back and then we can walk down this road together because you guys are not even on the same freaking page, let alone postcode and or planet at the moment. And this is not a money conversation. Often issues of trust, secrecy and lack of communication can present themselves as money issues as that's the tangible object. And I'd say if you can't get your partner on board, even with basic goal setting for the relationship, even some input, you know, there are a freaking adult after all, or agreement of some common boundaries such, can we both freaking just agree that without spending $300, we talk to each other, all that stuff, it might be time for some relationship counselling. If you can't get your partner to go, go yourself. And if in doubt, you know, ask your best friend if, you know, if, if they think it's a money problem or a relationship problem. Because often our best friends have this really good insight and can provide some great perspective. So all this stuff's heavy, right? It's so heavy. And I think the absolute important thing here is clarity. And if you've been hurt before in a relationship, when it comes to financial abuse, all the crap stuff, you're clearly going to have your red flag detector out very early. You're clearly going to want to do things at your speed. Because trust takes a long time to build. It's like trust is like walking upstairs, but it can fall straight out the window. So what am I getting at? I'm getting at it's tough and you really, really want to make sure that it's actually not about the money, is it? It's about us functioning as adults as the relationship progresses. And I'm not talking about 
you know, week three of a day. Like who cares? Split the bill, whatever. Like if someone wants to pay, sweet, do that. I'm talking about the deep conversations of are we building a life together or not? Are we in this together or not? Because these goals have nothing to do with money. The goals have got everything to do with what we want to achieve in a relationship. And what I used to do, and I will finish up because I just feel like I'm in such uncharted waters talking about this stuff, only because I personally haven't been, you know, married for 40 years and shared bank accounts and blah, 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 and all that stuff. I'm talking very regal right now. What I used to do in my practice with couples was, you know, get a bit of paper each. And I'd say to them, I don't want you to talk to each other right now. I don't want you to copy each other's answers. I just want you to write top three money goals at this point in our life. And, you know, one one might write uh, car, one might write uh, reno home, one might write holiday to Rome, one might write, um, you know, an education course, one might write, you know, family, and then one might write reno home. And then what we do, we reveal them both and we can look at the list and like, oh, We've both written renovate the home. We've both written that. Maybe we can do that one first. Then we can discuss these other goals and maybe do them in order. I don't know. Like just just think of something. I mean, that was a good tool just to get both people on the same page. Um, but I really, honestly, I've, I've said for years, like if I'm in a long-term relationship, I'm booking at least a yearly sit down with the freaking counsellor just for like grease and oil change maintenance. Like I spend probably three, $400 with my car mechanic every bloody second month or every 10,000 kilometres. Why wouldn't I spend some money on my relationship and actually unpack something? But anyway, be encouraged. Um, remember this podcast was worth what you paid for it. And if you've got any other relationship or money tips feel free to put them up in the facebook group and we can all learn and yeah i really just appreciate you guys listening i know you guys have a choice of where to listen it's it's busy out there in podcast land and i really thank you for listening to my millennial money so i'm glenn james and i will speak to you soon We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits, and pay respect to their elders, past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options, or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.